Uh, good evening and welcome to another Off The Lip radio show broadcasting from, uh, not Switzerland, Santa Cruz, California. And uh, tonight my guest or our guest is uh, one of my favorites, a lot of people's favorites, Ethan Behrman's favorites for <laughs> crying out loud. Uh, Pastor Renee Schlepper, I, I think I said that correctly. You said it perfectly. First time, Amazing. Pastor Renee Schlepper from Twin Lakes Church, who I've listened to for hours on end and uh, always gotten some great stuff. The stuff I didn't like, I didn't keep. The stuff I liked, I kept. I love it. Me too. Right? I don't always agree what? with myself. <laughs> but I'm starting at the top because behind a good man, there's a good woman. Absolutely. The missus. Yes. Can we start with the missus? Oh, uh, Lori's amazing. She's amazing. She's, she's, a, she's a world religion professor and uh, an amazing mom, amazing wife. She's great. How'd she get stuck hooked up with you? I because know. That's I a mean, good back, question. When, she, when, you, when you met her, what, what were you doing? You weren't like the, you know, perf the perfect pastor at that time. <laughs> what, when, you, where, where, when you met her, what was the, I was where did you see it? Where, where, did, where were you smitten? I was a radio disc jockey, as <laughs> you know. Oh, yes. And um, I am going as Ben Stone. Yes. You want to you pull that up just a little bit closer? You're coming to see yes. your because your voice is so rich and so, so rich. rich. So textured. The voice is so rich and textured. That, there we go. See, but the, the microphones are so. They're like a, yes. they're like a woman. You got to yeah. be right. Got to be right there. Present. Whisper. Present. Right into their ears. <laughs> Just like this. Perfect. There you it's go. It's the Neil Perlberg Show. How are you doing, I Neil? can't believe we're here talking about being like, I'm on stage <laughs> at Twin Lakes Church. We're talking about women. What do you want? Yes. No, I didn't I say know. anything lewd. I'm glad we got well, Ben Stone yeah. out of the way. We've, we've done Ben Stone. We've done Ben Stone. You know, I mean, that was a, that phone call that phone call you received saying, have I been stoned lately? Oh, man. Well, it's etched in your brain. Many times. That was just the first of many times that people thought I would. I named myself Ben Stone on the air because I was a stoner. Is that really so? You were smoking a ton of pot. I was not. That's what everybody oh, thought. Okay. <laughs> See, he changed his name. From My air name was Ben Stone, but uh, because I was so tired of being called Renee Schlepfer, because Renee is a girl's name in America, and people always mocked me. And Schlepfer sounds like a comedy word, like a Yiddish swear so word or something. Almost like you fell down. Like his Renee stairs. Schlepfer. You sneezed. And so I changed Bless my name you. to a a manly name. Ben yeah. Stone, yeah. and a name that's easy to pronounce, easy to spell. I just figured this is like the perfect name. Not, I was too naive. I was too innocent. And I go on this rock radio station, my first na night on the air, as Neil knows. And uh, I get a phone call from some junior hires, and they go, have you been stoned lately? <laughs> and from that day forward, for yeah. two years that I worked at this rock radio station, people were like, ah, oh, the, the night, and I was a night jock, you know? So they figured I named myself Ben Stone because I was a stoner. I that thought didn't even enter my brain. And you couldn't change you couldn't change your I, name because you were I already was on locked side in. of your side of buses and, and they had jingles. Posters and jingles. Yeah, ben you were Stone. Oh well. On Magic One Oh Seven. Did you guys have a traffic guy whose name was like Dusty Rhodes? Like totally. That kinda, yeah. <laughs> that yeah. Old, the old radio world yep. was full of like there was full of that. Hundreds of Dusty Roads across the nation. Hundreds of Dusty Roads. That's right. They all did traffic. And Sandy weather. Beach. Sandy Beach. Yeah, that was another one. <laughs> <laughs> the surf report with Sandy Beach. <laughs> yeah. Our How afternoon did you leave those days? Why Cosmic would you leave John. those days for this? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you can ever get rid of the radio inflection, though, because once you have it, because even when you say Sandy Beach, you know, surf Sandy report. Sandy Beach, surf report. See, like that. Let's I check feel on like the surf report with Sandy Beach. <laughs> <laughs> 
that is radio. <laughs> like if I was at a radio station, I'd be like, that guy's pro. Right. That guy's best in the business, right? right. There. Absolutely. <laughs> right. Uh, well, so, but I was uh, so I was wor- I was a night jock at this rock radio station, and I figured, what am I going to do with my days? And I was always interested in religion and theology. Always loved it. I was. I just always did. Even when I had my my years of doubt, I still always loved church because I was like, church is just cool. I just love it. And so I thought, oh, what I'm going to do with my days is I'm going to get a master's degree in theology. And so I went to this school because I thought that would that would just sounded. I had no idea what I was doing. I just thought it sounded cool to be a rock radio DJ at night right. and get a master's degree in theology by day. Were you the only person in class? I mean, I, I just don't. There was a lot of people getting a degree. Oh, yeah. The, really? Yeah. There oh, yeah. Of, there was a lot of people. Sure, sure. I mean, uh, you know, there were people there studying to be pastors and, and right. psychologists and right. all kinds of things. Right. But and so that's where I saw my wife. And and I, I would that's where I was smitten by her. So smitten. that's where we met in to Portland, answer your Portland? question. Portland. That's right. Portland, well, Oregon. Th- talk a little about Switzerland because your parents, your parents are Swiss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they immigrated. Out, they immigrated here. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Born there. Uh, no, no. Although I have, I have Swiss citizenship, I oh, have dual do? citizenship, which is a nice thing to have. Nice have. So there's some countries that you want to travel with your Swiss passport. Uh, yeah. And um, yeah, it was it was cool growing up that way because I grew up speaking Swiss German at home in addition to English, and so I'm fluent in both. And right. and so I'm fluent in English in a language no one in the world speaks outside of Switzerland. Could you do radio voice in Swiss German? <laughs> there it is, man. <laughs> That's amazing. So like I'm a connoisseur of voices, and I'm just I don't blown think, away. I think you just made that whole thing no, up. No, no, no. I'm going to the kitchen cabinet, is what I said, because I'm said? hungry. Yeah, that's the classic Swiss German word. This is what the entire language sounds like. Kuchichestli. <laughs> that's <Yeah>. that's, <laughs> that's kitchen Swiss. cabinet. So. Also, Stan's going to have a beer, please. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, as far as you know. So, uh, yeah, so so the folks were Swiss, and so I'm a Swiss citizen, which was fun. I worked in radio in Switzerland, actually, but not, not on the air. But I, I, right, uh, right. I was an engineer, and, and it was a ton of fun. Who pushed you? Uh, who, you was becoming a pastor a goal? And uh, what, what age? Never. N- it was never. Never. Never wanted to do it. So no one pushed you? I still don't want to do it, Neil. Yeah, I know. I, Especially, uh, <laughs> I, think, I think, was there a story I read or... or Something I think it was a video I saw, or maybe listen to you here, about the f- the previous pastor here. His yeah. photo. What, what was he? <laughs> his. Well, I mean, he was a legend, Pastor Roy Kraft. He right. was here for nearly fifty years, and then they went well, almost three years without a pastor, and then I've been here for twenty six years. Wow. So in the last seventy nine years, this church has only had two senior pastors. And, d- and I mean, uh, his, was he? What was he like? Well, you know, he he was a very elegant gentleman. He really was. And he was a visionary. He he was a very nice, gentle, elegant guy, but but a, but quite a visionary. He was right. he was great. But um but we have I would say completely different personalities. And I came on here when I was only 32 years old and he was 80 when he retired. So right. it was quite a gear shift for the right. church to to I mean, gear down to so a 32-year-old. You yeah. were, you were he was 80, you were 32. Mm-hmm. How on earth did you get the gig? Uh, you I know, mean, how, that I is mean, a great how many, question. How many, but is, look at this is the best would this not be the best place to be a pastor at in this incredible town that we have i love this church and i love this town we live in i just love it at the time they were going through some very very tough times as a as a church and uh 
when they came up to me and they were, I, I was pastoring up in Tahoe and also was a morning drive disc jockey up there because I couldn't decide exactly what I wanted to do for real. So I was pastoring and doing morning drive. And when they came and they said, hey, you, we want to consider you, you to consider coming down here. And at first I said, no way. You know, I'm happy in Tahoe. I was a skier, loved skiing up there, right. cross country and downhill and right. tried snowboarding too. And, um, but, you know, coming down here, I asked everybody I knew for advice. And to be honest, people told me I wouldn't touch that place with a 10 foot pole because they were just going through a lot of tough times at the time, right. not under pastor crap, but kind of right. in the interim time. Right. But, um, but I ended up coming down and. God turned things around, and, and the church is doing great. I can't take credit for it, though. I just get to be along well, for the you ride. Have a, you have a huge team. Yeah, I huge, mean, great you the, team. You are the, the, head, you know, you're the, the figurehead, as it were, on the front of the ship. Only the figurehead. I mean, really, you know, it's, it's, a, a, it's people, a great you place. You have a lot of people rowing here to keep this thing going. A lot of, a lot of people rowing. I got, yeah, I got a weird sure. question for you. Yeah, let me be the judge you of that. Can I give the straight questions? Because the weird yeah. one. All right. We got an intern over at the station that I work at. Uh-huh. He... Very enthusiastic, really wants to be there. Little awkward on air. You put them put him on the mic, and he's a little kind of wavy because mm-hmm. he's new, right? Mm-hmm. When you guys get a new kind of a junior pastor, mm-hmm. junior guy coming in, do sometimes they say stuff, and you're just like, "Oh God, that's a little <laughs> totally. That's a bit much. <laughs> that is good insight. It's a bit heavy. Absolutely. Yeah. There's definitely times that. You just go, oh boy! Yeah. I'm gonna be answering some angry emails or whatever. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it can it could definitely. There's been some, there's been some uh, humorous occasions where yeah. you're like, wow, why did you tell that story? Yeah, you know, maybe like, like a wedding toast story, like 15 toasts into the reception <laughs> story. Yeah, I hear you. And then that 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 no, becomes don't do that a sermon. No, no, don't do that. No. Uh, oh yeah, no, yeah. Don't do that story <laughs> I'm now. sitting there rubbing my forehead. Oh boy. Oh boy. Here but, we go. Uh, yeah, yeah. Definitely, we've had those moments. Yeah. <laughs> Something that I'm learning about recently is yeah. that the new guy's always a little uh, iffy. You got to coach him up a little bit. Yeah. As I like to say, yeah. new. Yeah, but oh. but but uh, also the young blood's great, and yeah. I and I and and I love the young interns and and young pastors that we've got here. I love them, and we need them for the lifeblood, you know, to keep pumping. And the uh, what few awkward moments there are are totally worth it. Because yeah. you need the youth in here. Absolutely. You've got to keep them coming yep. in. you got to keep the yep. kids in here. Yep, absolutely. Same thing KSCO, which stands for Kate. Uh, keep senior citizens occupied. <laughs> <laughs> they need to get the use in there. In fact, and on Thursday there. nights, we have something called the Hub, and okay. it's specifically for, like, the college age, and they're, they're always doing something super cool. Top three things you've accomplished since being a pastor here Oh, my are goodness. Uh, you know, I am very happy with the fact that for several years in a row now, the church has given over a million pounds of food every year to the Second Harvest Food Bank. Right. And I love that because it's it's something completely outside of the church. It's the church giving away to another organization, not raising money for the church. And a million pounds of food, that is a lot of food. But it didn't. Take I was going to say it's a ton of you, food, but it's tons and tons and tons and tons tons of food. But it took it took a lot of people. But yep. that didn't. It didn't take a lot of effort from just one person. They only had to raise. Yeah, yeah. Donate so much. Yeah. It wasn't a big headache for a lot of people, but everything coming yeah. together raised that. Every w- I tell you, what what happens is when everybody does what they can, and I mean everybody. Yeah. We the the little kids here set up stands in front of like. Uh, 
some some uh, kids all, every year they set up a stand in front of the Coralitas meat market for a while, and uh, they're asking you know people to help them raise money for yeah. the for the food drive and. Yeah. And uh, some other kids like sell lemonade for that. I mean, all of these things add up to a million, million pounds of food. And Second Harvest is doing their food drive again, uh, starting. It's kicking off next month. It's right. a great cause, and anybody can donate it to it. You don't have to be part of Twin Lakes Church. It's fantastic. And you have this thing called Vision 2020, which mm-hmm. is where Twin Lakes Church is going to be in tw- in 2020. Right, right. Where is it? Where is it going to? Where do you want to go, and where will it be? Yeah, well, I mean, up? the whole thing was about doing something for the next generation, and uh, it had two phases. Has two phases. The first phase was to build a school, both here and in India, and we did that two years ago. We have a three-story school building here. We have 500 students now between our preschool, our elementary school, and our junior high. And then we also built a complete clinic, medical, dental clinic, and school in India. And uh, it's in a it's an area that's just booming. And so that's doing well, too. That was the first phase of 2020. And this next phase is we are breaking ground. Actually, the heavy equipment's coming in Monday to start work on the part of our property that's closest to Cabrillo College. And it's going to be a nonprofit coffee shop. Uh, I'm really excited. I can't reveal yet where we're going to donate all the profits to, right. but it, I think people will be really stoked. And it's also going to have uh, space for meetings and so on for both our college ministries and just community groups that want to meet. And so uh, that that's part of the 2020 vision. So you're kind of teasing the people from the kids from Cabrillo to come over here. Uh, well, sure. A little bit, right? Well, honestly, it's meeting a need because right now we let them park in our parking lot for right. free and, they're just gonna... and because they have to buy a permit over at Cabrillo so they can park here for free. Right. But between classes, there's not a lot of options here. So they come to their cars, they sit with the doors open and have a cup of coffee that they had to buy somewhere else. So we were like, why can't we just build something? Where I think we're going to call it the front porch, just like our front porch. Just right. They don't have to buy coffee. They can just sit at hang our out. tables and chairs and hang out. You're going to get a lot of hipsters, man. You're going to get a lot of dudes in tweed jackets with mustaches. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're going to be a lot of guys that are probably like hardcore atheists, and they're going to be like, man, this coffee shop would be so much better if they had flat-screen TVs in here, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I hope we get the atheists, right. you know? Yeah. I mean, you seriously, know. it's open a- to everybody. So, and anytime you build something here, something gets built overseas. That right, 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 right. That's right. Every single building on our campus is represented by a building overseas somewhere in a in an area that's not affluent yep. you know right. like for example the school we built in india and with this building we are uh building a church in a very gang infested uh part of naples italy yep. i mean if you imagine that's a bad town. kind of the worst yeah. neighborhood that you could imagine in really? a big city here in the states yeah. naples is not good i mean i thought it would be like wine and no, fat naples guys is, and spaghetti naples is like no. There's part of it. There, the, the tourist parts of it are exactly like you described. Okay. If you go two blocks outside of the tourist yeah, parts, yeah. it's pretty intense. Wow. It's it's literally run by um, the mafia. I mean, the, the whole town is, like the garbage collection and everything yeah. else. And um, so, but, but there's a lot of churches there that are doing great. And there's one that is just exploding. It's just booming. And uh, they found... Uh, an old government building where the go- the government moved to another building and this building was just just basically a big shell of a building and so they picked it up for a song but they have zero money to outfit it and right. so we just went in there we we're just going to make it into a beautiful place like this 
I'm going to say one thing about the school. Yeah. Because I have experience with the school. Oh, yeah? Because my son came to school here when he was in pre- at preschool in mm-hmm. kindergarten. And the kids that were in there, Cooper Walters and a bunch of the kids uh, that uh, that were there at that age, you know, about three, mm. four. And they're all still good friends. Really? They've all gone now, gotten on, got, ma- got married. My, mas- my son just got engaged not a couple months ago. Congratulations. But thank you. And then uh, all, the th- these, all the kids that were here that he's still friends with, probably 70% of them went on to good things and got married and had kids. And my son bought a house and getting married. and doing That's doing fantastic. Great. And the foundation started right here. Well, thanks. I hope so. Did. That's great. Curly That's great was to hear. a teacher. Yep. I just, just saw Curly at lunch today. Right? That's fantastic. So I just want to, you know, give a shout Thanks, out man. to the school here. I appreciate it. it, was ver- it was I appreciate a, it. A big part. Every time I, I, you know, I come here, I think, because I'm still drawn to mm. my kid went to school. Yeah, right yeah. Here. That's awesome. Awesome right yeah. here, right? And we, we you know, we, we keep trying to make it better. And that's one of the things I love about the, the new building. What we're trying to do, it's Twin Lakes Christian School, but we just, uh, what I don't like is when churches seem threadbare low rent and when christian schools seem that way too so we really wanted to trick it out and make it super nice not fancy but but super nice and 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 particularly we spent more money on any classroom uh, on our science rooms we have a fantastic biology room a fantastic computer science room because i think that's counterintuitive Right. These days, the popular conception of something that's church, Christian, or religious is they're anti-science. I don't know why people think that, but that's the popular conception. So we were like, you know what? We're going to lean into that the other direction. We're going to like be super science-oriented. Right. And um, you know, we have marine biologists with PhDs coming in and doing things here and leading nature walks. And um, just because I, 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 I want it to be you know, high, high class, yeah. you know. So if you're involved. It is it, if you're here, it is. Well, thanks, Neil. Thanks uh, a lot. Your motivation for your community. For my broader community you, or the church community? How do you keep generosity flowing? You know, f- f- for a town that's broken in so many yeah, ways. Yeah. You you still you seem to keep forging ahead and doing such great things for the community. Well, I think generosity is. I'm motivated to be generous, honestly. Since I began researching generosity, and I think we talked about this the last time, right. just being a generous person in every way, by be, like being generous with your attention when you're looking at somebody, right. being uh, generous with, with your, do you really? <laughs> like looking people in the eye? Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. I get like deeply uncomfortable with it, yeah. but also because I'm thinking about stuff and it helps me to pay yeah. attention. When, I, when I think about stuff, I look away. Yeah, yeah, it's a horrible habit. But when you're generous with your attention, generous with your encouragement, and generous with your resources, you actually literally it physically changes you. It makes you healthier. And there's all kinds of research coming out from Harvard and from Notre Dame and all these schools that have all this. stuff. So I'm personally motivated to be generous because it's actually good for you and it's good for community. And I'm also motivated to build community because also, there's all this research that's showing that people are healthier when they are in community. And by that, I mean that that third place between in, an individual and the giant corporation or the giant government. Right. If all you've got in your life is, well, there's me and maybe my immediate family and then the giant government, the giant big box store, what, what has been proven is that makes people tense and stressed and unhappy. 
the more people are associated with what they call the third place, like they're involved in a club or they go to Rotary, they come to church, they're involved in a softball team, the more things like that people are involved in, the happier they are, the healthier they are. So for me, creating a generous community those are the two best things I can literally do for people's health, for people's sanity, right, is, right. To, is to motivate people to be generous and motivate people to get into groups, get into communities. So that's, that's a very strong motivation for me. And then, you know, to be honest, I don't know how much you want me to go into it here, but as a pastor, my motivation is, my faith motivation is, I feel like God has been so generous to me and to all of us. When I look around, the way I think of it is, what are the odds that I'm even alive? Like a zillion to one odds one. that I'm even that I that that my those particular bits of DNA from my mom and dad came right. together to form right. me, you know, and that that I'm you know here we are on the only planet in the universe, as far as we know right now, that is life. I mean, just the breath we take is a gift. We it's like we won the lottery by being alive, right. and then. Every sunset I see, every baby's smile. I mean, I hate to rhapsodize too poetically here, but but every every little bit of beauty to me is a gift. And when you see life that way, when you see yourself as being lavished with gifts from, in my opinion, God, then what that does is it motivates you to be generous. I never want people to be generous out of a sense of obligation. Well, I gotta, I gotta give, give till I hate that saying, give till it hurts. Right, don't, right. don't give till it hurts. Don't give if it hurts. Yeah. I say give because the more you realize how life is a gift and all this good stuff is all the surf we've got here and the beauty and the redwood forest. When you start perceiving all these things and being grateful for these things, then you just naturally become a generous person. Yeah. The more you th- perceive yourself as a, as somebody who's received generosity. The more you're going to be generous, and and so honestly, I don't think I I talk a lot about being generous. I feel like I've I barely have mentioned in church things like the 2020 vision, or or the second harvest food drive. Like I drop a few lines here and there, but what I talk about a lot is how we are so blessed. God's been so generous to us. We've all received so many gifts, and I think the more people perceive reality that way, the more generous they're going to be, and the happier they're going to be. Yeah. Can we talk about this? Yeah. Your new book, Chasing David. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Well, you helped me with this uh, well, book. I, I can't say it helps you with it. I N- read it. Neil helped me with this. Uh, he was one of my readers. It, and, made me, um, it made me go back to the thing. It made me go back to my trip to Israel. Yeah. With my friend Michael Alfasi. I'm going to say his name here. And he was an Israeli paratrooper. No kidding. No, he was a sergeant, and he had to go. He was a sergeant. When you're you're in the Israeli army, that's you're you're intense. You're a badass. That is serious stuff. So he go he he had to go back every like twice a year, Mm -hmm. and we went back. I went with him. I don't know how the hell I went with him, or where I got the money from, or my parents. I have no idea. But I went with him, and it was not far, not long after the Six Day War. Wow. And you get to, you were, we're in uh, Tel Aviv and Jerusalem, and there was just, you know, you see, you see, we're just driving through the streets. Bomb craters. Craters, tanks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, heli- everything, just, just remnants of a, of, a, of a horrible war. And uh, boy, I had a lot of fun, though. He took me, he, we, I never. <laughs> That's a great we segue. Were driving, we, remnants he, of a horrible war. Like, we, I, we were I, driving, I recommend it. We were so driving to the Dead Sea, and he said, Neil, we're going to go at night. Okay. 
I go, why are we going at night? Can we just go during the daytime so I can see the scenery? No, right. we're going at night. Right. So we're driving. It was kind of dusk, and I never forget this big billboard, huge, like the one that you come up on Highway 17. Right. Right. And it had Hebrew and big, big black, big writing, you know. And I didn't. He just <laughs> went right by it, and I kept bugging <laughs> me, you know. Uh, like, what did that what say? What did that say? Yeah. And it was something about, you know, be, you know, once you leave, you're on your own. Right. You know, we cannot be responsible, we cannot be for, responsible your life. for you driving down here. Right. Uh, right. You know, in the middle. Into in the, the minefields. Yeah. Yeah. And it, what it, my memory was Dead Sea, swimming in the Dead Sea. And my other memory when I went with him was to go to, we went to Alat on the Red Sea. Oh, yeah. And you we, know, I've never been down there. I've heard never it's beautiful. Have, so we get to the, we get to the tropical uh, coral, beautiful yeah, place beautiful. to snorkel I never forget, and scuba. Because he goes, "You hungry?" And I go, "I'm starving." You know, I'm a teenager. So he goes, "Okay." So he goes into the uh, grocery store. Oh. And he comes back out with some a loaf of bread and some eggs, right? And he takes the eggs and he cracks them right and he puts them on the hood of the car, and they fry. <laughs> <laughs> they fried right there. And he just, put, you know, that's how we, that's how we ate. Just put, he just Amazing. cooked the eggs. So it was a little hot. It was a little hot. Wow. I know I was, I forget that. Wow. I, was, I remember seeing Top Hall. In person. In person. No kidding. Because I, I don't know. The, 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 the actor he who played Tevier in Fiddler on the Roof. Fiddler on the Roof. And he was also a villain in a Bond movie. Right. He was a, Top Hall was, I remember we, I was in this uh, little restaurant with Michael eating the best hummus I've ever eaten in my life. Oh, my goodness. They've got the best over there. No, they that the best hummus over here doesn't compare. Right? No. No. And there was Top Paul standing there. And that was yes, it was hummus. I'm constantly trying to teach Neil mic discipline. And yeah. So Neil gets, this is what Neil does. He gets really into his story, and then he starts slowly drifting. Drifting away. Right. Drifting away. Right. And so I'm a rookie. I'm, I'm a rookie, Renee. i got to figure out how Neil to, like, to just signal gonna, like, to you. I'm going to get a football helmet. <laughs> <laughs> I was at a church one time, and a pastor was entering, interviewing somebody. I just have to say this. It was the, the entire time he was doing this. He, he, was, he was going. So tell me about your <laughs> Well, that sounds fascinating. Yeah. It was great. Look. Yeah. So here's what we did. So I thought to myself, I want to go to Israel, and I want to go in the footsteps of King David. King David in the Bible, everybody knows he's the guy when he was a kid, slew Goliath, became a famous king of Israel, ruled for 40 years. And he is in the Bible actually more than any other character, like way more than Moses and Joseph and so on, about the same number of times as Jesus he's mentioned in the Bible. And uh, so I thought there's, there's not been a book on traveling in the historical footsteps of David. There is one on Moses. Bruce Feiler wrote it, Walking the Bible, famous book. There is one on several on Jesus, Walking in the Footsteps of Jesus, like where, where did he go? But there hasn't been one on David. So what I did was I went over there with a videographer from the church and my wife and uh, decided to travel. And a few weeks beforehand, I thought, you know, what would be super cool would be to be traveling through Israel with an archaeologist, like a legit teaches at Hebrew University, the most prestigious university over there, archaeologist. And I thought, I wonder if I could find somebody who would travel with us. So I just kind of Googled some some names, and I emailed a three archaeologists, and one wrote me back right away, and he said, well, I'm free. That sounds kind of interesting. And uh, his name is Danny Herman. His website's dannythedigger.com. He always told me, always tell people about my website. Dannythedigger.com. Danny <laughs> but he is a super enthusiastic 
short little wiry guy, but he loves archaeology and he loves his country and he said, that sounds great. And so we met Danny Herman, a professor of archaeology, and we went to traveled in his four-wheel drive to some of these ruins that are right. inaccessible right. unless you've got a four-wheel drive. And, um, and know where they are. And know where they are. Right. And some of them are very new excavations, and he told me about stuff that's come out. He said basically like 10 or 20 years ago, there was zero evidence that David ever even existed. He was a, a, a considered a mythical character like King Arthur. Right. And uh, about 20 years ago, they're digging up in northern Israel and in this, this ruin that's overgrown by a forest. And a woman named Gila Cook, who's a volunteer from the States on the dig, she's unearthing a stone. And they're, they're just ready to call it quits for the night. And as she's unearthing the stone, she thinks she can see writing on the other side of it, like ancient writing carved into it. And she said it was only because of the the angle of the light of the late afternoon sun, the way it raked across the surface of the stone, that she even noticed it. Otherwise, she wouldn't have noticed it at that moment. And she calls over the other archaeologist. Hey, come here. I think I found something. And so she takes her water bottle and washes off the dust and it was, it's written in Akkadian, an ancient language, which they all, about three of them, knew how to, how to read. And they read it, and for the first time in modern history, what they read in an ancient document is this guy had been bragging about how he had defeated the house of David, the dynasty of David. And they were holding in their hands material evidence that another king fought against the house of yeah. David. And... Uh, and they all got goosebumps because they realized this was a completely phenomenal discovery. And since then, they've discovered another ancient in inscription with the name David. They've discovered remnants of his palace in Jerusalem, or at least the lead archaeologist there believes that's what it is. They've discovered a fortress city that has been carbon dated back to his time with some fascinating discoveries. So it was pretty amazing traveling with this guy. We went underground. We went into caves. We went through tunnels that had been dug 3,000 years ago that I was a little bit nervous about going in, but Danny's like, it'll be fine. So it was a fun trip. Yeah. Definitely. It was a little Raiders of the Lost Ark-ish. And so oh, what, no. so that's what I did in this book was I kind of journaled that story. And at the beginning of every chapter, it's the kind of the archaeological adventure with right. the new spot that we went to and what Danny showed me. And then at the end of the chapter, it's like what personal or inspirational truths that I I derived from the story that happened there. Is this the first time you went to Israel? No, I've been no. there about six Seven. times. Yeah. You like it? Love it. Yeah. I love it. it. It's a lot like Southern California. Yeah. It's the it's Southern California and Israel are, are two places that are very, very similar. Very similar. Yeah. Um, and you can, you can find the book where? Well, people can get it on Amazon. Okay. And they can get it here. Okay. And uh, we are probably by next week we'll have a Kindle version. Released. Okay. So it's so, going to be available everywhere. Yeah, it's on iBooks okay. right now. Chasing uh, David. Oh, he, Chasing David is the name. Yeah. Written by, past, by Ben. Nope, not Ben Stone. <laughs> pa by Pastor I, I kind of wish it was still Ben Stone. Uh, I was taught by a mentor of my wonderful man that there is no future in the past. Hmm. She said to me, says, Neil, there's no future in the past, which is in some degree correct. Um, for me, that is a struggle. I wrote this this afternoon. That is a struggle in being able to take what is written in the Bible and understanding how it can help perhaps be even relevant in today's 
fast-paced mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. How we talk, you talk about what ha- uh, standing here. You talk about what happened right, in the Bible, right. and how can I? How is that able to help me in in right. in, in the nine thousand things I'm trying to do yeah. a day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here now. Well, I mean, I think human nature hasn't changed. So you see people struggling with uh, anger, lust, doubt, temptation, fear. And writing about it, you know, a lot of people have this perception that the Bible is just a didactic book, that it's just a list of thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. But really most of it is people writing about their thoughts, their emotions, and they have the full range of human emotions. Sometimes they're mad at God, sometimes they doubt, sometimes they're afraid, sometimes they're happy. And where I think it resonates with people is where you look back at something written 2,000 years ago, 3,000 years ago, uh, depending on what you're reading, and you go, my gosh, I could have written that last night. I was feeling the same way. And there's a sense of, of, of connection and community that spans all these centuries, and it makes you feel much less alone because you think somebody else felt the same way I feel right now. And, you know, we can say that from our perspective, these people, we imagine that they had more bucolic lives, they were sitting around, it, they weren't super busy, But when you think about it, we fill our lives with all those things because we have leisure, because of all of the labor-saving and time-saving devices. They didn't have all those labor-saving and time-saving devices, so their days were still full with all all the stuff they had to do just to cook and to harvest grain and to go find something, go hunt down an animal and butcher an animal and cook an animal. So, So I think... You hear you you read their songs in there, and they 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 talk about like uh, David wrote a psalm, Psalm one forty two, that talks about. Um, no, I'm sorry, Psalm one twenty seven that talks about toiling from morning until night. You know that sounds like somebody something people would would write today. I didn't have a single minute to spare. I toiled from morning to night. We do it because we have all this free time that we fill with all kinds of stuff. They right. did it because that's what it took to live. Yeah. So. Um, but I, I definitely feel like because human nature is the same, there's that connection. Yeah. And then I think, of course, you know, I believe that that uh, a God that God inspired these words, and and I think that connects on an even deeper level, where there's something inside of our souls that uh, that resonates. It's like a like a little chord gets struck when you read those uh, spiritual truths. Yeah. Jack, young generation over here. Hmm. You got, I know you have a question. I, you know, actually, you know, I had a th- I had a thought that I was thinking about because when you said there's no future in the past, right. that idea, I think that if people took a text like the Bible and they viewed it as maybe uh, um, as Rene does, you can take it in in that sense, in, the, in a very literal sense, or you could take it for yourself. If let's just say you're not into that for whatever reason, you could look at something like Cain and Abel. And you could apply it in an allegorical sense. And right. the idea or the message behind it is still applicable. Kind of like in the same way the tortoise and the hare is a story that I just say tortoise and the hare. And everybody goes, slow and steady wins the race. Same concept, <laughs> but it's Cain and Abel. And Cain is very jealous of Abel. You know what I mean? Right. So much so that he kills him with a rock and <laughs> leaves him in the woods. <laughs> well, that's a great example, though, so, because yeah. like tortoise and the hare, one of the Aesop's fables, that's, you know... 2600 years old or right whatever, yeah yeah and still connects because of that like i say human nature hasn't changed so those those truths still resonate we still recognize those those uh timeless truths you know 
It's like you know that you know like the story of Job. Everybody yeah. knows the story of Job. Yeah. Loves God, and yet he is. Uh, you could probably say it better than I could. My version of it probably very truncated. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Well, let me hear it. Uh, well, so my version of Job is he's a he's a good man. He's a pious man, and uh, God uh, uh, gives him he floods his house. His wife dies. His kids get plague, and and yet he still it's very much he loves God still through that. Now, you could say, like, oh, well, that's why would you want to do that? Why would anybody want to do that? If you looked at it in an allegorical sense, you could say even though that difficult things happen to an individual, they are still able to persevere because they have the idea or the belief that things will get better over time. Right. So that's when you say future in the past could be applicable, but you could also kind of read it a a different way, a a modern way, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do you think? Well, I definitely think that although, I mean, obviously, I do think that there are historical things in the Bible, like the story of David, I would argue that Job actually was meant to be seen as poetry, and it was meant to be seen in in precisely that way. Right. And um, you've got Job and his friends debating over why bad things happen to good people. And that's what the book is. I mean, there's that little setup at the beginning where God doesn't really do those things to Job, but he allows those things to happen to Job. And but nobody knows why, and so he and his friends just sit around arguing and debating over why sometimes really good people have really bad stuff happen to them. Well, how timeless is that discussion? Right. I mean, people have been having this discussion since sure. before that book was written yeah. uh, centuries ago. So yeah. I think it resonates on, uh, on that level for sure. Uh, going back to the day you chose to be a pastor, would, would, you, would you become a pastor today, knowing what you know? Yeah. 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 You still dive in. You know, I would still become a pastor today, maybe maybe even with more enthusiasm, because I have seen how faith changes people's lives. Uh, I mean, I am really passionate about it. I feel like saying, I understand why people have doubts, and I totally respect if people don't believe, but I say, I'll tell you why I would be a pastor and why I believe, because I've seen the... uh, And this is not just one example but i've seen you know my friend who uh, is an alcoholic and his life completely was saved and turned around and he tried so many different things but it turned around when he really had faith and not not faith in himself but faith in a god that could do miracles i've seen marriages that just were wreckage and then turn around and be resurrected. I, I've seen uh, people on drugs who've tried everything to stop, and then they are able, with the recovery ministry, with faith, to change it. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that I see faith as some sort of, sort of magical panacea, but I'm saying that I, now having seen over 26 years here, hundreds of stories this way of people whose lives are changed through faith. Um, And I know there's people who haven't had that experience, and I know there's people who don't want maybe even that experience, but I'm saying I have seen that more times than I can remember. I've forgotten more examples than I remember. It's why you come to work every day. That's why I come to work every day, because I I know that there are many people for whom it's going to be a powerful, life-changing thing in in ways I can't even understand, you know? In in light of um, I have these again once again these questions I wrote down top of mm-hmm. my head in light of horrific events have taken place at place of worship throughout the world yeah yeah uh, has TLC what has TLC how's TLC addressed that 
Yeah. Or do you still believe in, you know, trust of your community? Well, that's a really good question. I mean, and every pastor, every rabbi, every imam at a, at a mosque, everybody I know is talking about that right now. Um, and, and everybody's got different answers. I mean, there's some churches that are like, we're not going to take any measures and just kind of trust. There's other churches that are like, we're going to have armed security and we're going to have metal detectors. But I would say both of those extremes are, are on the extreme. Right. I would say most people have done what we're, what we have done. We have a security team of professionals, uh, people who know what to work, work for professionally in law enforcement and uh, as security guards. And they're in a, an advisory council here advising us on some security measures that we've taken. And I don't want to talk about what no. a lot of them uh -huh. are because I, I, that would be a, a weakness. But right. but we do have a plainclothes security, you know, at every service and we have cameras and uh, we have protocols that we that we go through if people come in with a large backpack not a purse but a large backpack right. we always ask them to leave it at the information desk right, right. and not bring it into church that's just one yeah. example so but every every place of worship that i know of every school that i know of has had to enact some of those things so that's that's a dangerous situation i want to talk about another dangerous situation which you seem to get involved with quite often and it just seems I just blows my mind why you even do this, and your your baptism, <laughs> you baptize people in the shockiest waters in the world. Oh wait, you do it out? You do it out in the ocean? Next to no, yeah. they're right next to cement boat. Oh wow! Now if shark I, bark. If I take you over my friend's helicopter o above, which I've been many times, my friend from Specialized Helicopter, Chris. If you went over there, you'd be like. I think we should move it somewhere else. <laughs> I, that thought has occurred to me. Believe me. Just, yeah. You look down, yeah. and it's it's Times Square for sharks, and there you are. I just it just cracks me up because oh, that's all. You want to get baptized? I'm like, no, not there. You could get <laughs> baptized and go to heaven in the same instant. <laughs> <laughs> Minutes apart from yeah. each other, the happiest right? moment of your life. I'm just saying. Express land. I, I just I'm just you know concerned. You know, for the for the you know the congregation here that they you know. Thank you. You know, do I you know have to play? Do you play the Jaws music to go? I was gonna say I know of a lagoon that's right by a radio station. Yeah, you can. That would not be uh, a good idea. Right, literally right by a radio station. You can broadcast it at the same time. Yeah. There's only uh, egrets and the occasional toad. Be a very safe place to yeah. get baptized. Uh, I'm coming down to my final question here. Pristine uh, water. Pristine. Oh, yeah, pristine. Yeah, the cleanest, yeah. yeah. There's a you Pringles know. can, <laughs> a couple of beer cans, and some hypodermic needles. Yeah, You know, I was down at Shark Park um, in a sailboat maybe two or three weeks ago, and I saw something I'd never seen before in my life. And the naturalist that was with us on the boat said she'd only seen it once before. I saw a great white breach. Yeah. Full body breach wow. above the water. So a quick story about that. We were. This is a true story. And TC, well, TC and I, we we do a lot of paddle outs together, because mm. we he has a funeral board. And we 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 just have a, we just go to paddle outs together. Well, maybe she'd so, be ready at the. So baptism. we went out for Jack O'Neill's paddle out. Oh wow! Right, we take we leave the harbor, and you cannot see in front of your nose. I couldn't see your nose. It's foggy, foggy. thick. And I had I a remember that. I had a, uh, a a friend of mine. Um, it was it was at the Watsonville. Airport ready to take off. I don't know if you know Boots McGee, famous photographer. Well, Boots is ready to take off, and 
and so he can take pictures of the thing from above. But I said, he kept calling me. Can you, you know, can you see anything? No, because there was. Is it, do you think the fog will lift? No. So we're getting, we're going out. TC just heads south. We didn't see, couldn't see anything. And all of a sudden, here comes from right from where where the door is. We s- we happen to see the front of a U.S. Coast Guard boat from the harbor. Wow. So now we're kind of getting somewhere. All of a sudden, out of the middle of nowhere, pow, boom, flies this, tw- comes out right out of the water. It's back arched, teeth showing, pissed off. The shark? Shark, great white shark. Just Oh, my just gosh. The angriest. I'm like, I'm in there. I'm oh, with wow. TC and I hug each other. I'm, oh, did you just see that? I'm not getting off this boat. I'm not paddling out there. I we, did then not the, U- the U.S. Coast Guard boat wow. comes over and he goes, "Did you just see?" We go, "Yeah, did you see that?" I go, "That's Jack O'Neill. <laughs> <laughs> that damn thing had a patch on its eye." <laughs> but and then all of a sudden, it, that whole story got around the the ring. Remember the ring? If you were yeah, there, yeah. The, the ring. You know, yeah. everyone found out about it. But like, yeah, that was that wow. was that happened that yeah, day. Yeah, like, yeah. I I couldn't believe my eyes. Yeah, it was it was vicious looking. Yeah, that's where we're having our baptisms. My last question. <laughs> Yeah. So beautiful it, setting for baptisms. Yes. 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 Maybe it, we'll get a slow motion shot of t- the shark. Let me ask you this. Easter and Christmas, right? Uh-huh. You you can't breathe in this place. I mean, you get, you're lucky to get the cheap seats at the top if you're five minutes late. Doesn't it, doesn't it irk you that those people, do they just come Easter and Christmas? They're not here on Sunday? Like no. Sunday? It doesn't? That, I love Where are it. You? Don't you like want to shout out, where the heck you been? No. I'm, what's wrong with that? Okay. It's kind of cool if people go. I mean, I, of course, I think people would love it if they came every week. Yeah. But, but I totally, I think it's awesome that people come I'd at Christmas like, and Easter. I'd be like, where the heck? terrible <laughs> pastor. <laughs> where you been? Oh, that's funny. I, I love it. I love Christmas. I, I love it. I love crowds. I'm an extrovert, yeah. so I love that. Yeah. I love that scene. I th- you know what? Thank you for your enthusiasm about what goes on here. I, I, I really appreciate that. That means a lot to me. And for, for your help with the book, You're too. welcome. Thanks a lot. Uh, and my last question. We've talked about it a little time because you, I've seen you. You know, you're the smartest person to walk down Pleasure Point with all dressed and looking good. Last time I saw you, you were looking good. Thank you. Jacket. He was walking walking down Pleasure Point. I'm like, oh, Where's dude. Where's this going? And that's very right? complimentary. When are yeah. we surfing? Thank you. Oh, I know. Well, you got the pictures. I've seen you Facebook, Instagram. You got the sunsets and sunrises and the surf. and like. I love it down there. You got to get in the water. Yeah. I taught Ethan Berman. If I can teach Ethan Berman to surf. You can surf. For real? Yep. I mean, I'll tell you, you, know, I'll tell you what we're going to do. Okay. You're going to come surfing with me and Guy Kawasaki. Oh, my gosh. That would be amazing. That is going to happen. That would be amazing. Thank you for being Thank my guest you. tonight. Thank you so much. It's, Thanks, always, Jack. it's always a pleasure. Thank I you, i got to say a few hellos to the people that sponsor the show. Can Absolutely. I do that real quick? And thank you for the socks. That's your do you want to have Bob Stone maybe read one of the? Uh, you mean Ben yeah, Stone? Ben, oh, Stone. ben Stone. Ben Stone. Yeah. Because Bob yeah. Stone, that would yeah, that would like, actually made uh, sense. The, the Steven Steven Brian that's Brian my father, it, yeah. Bob. <laughs> Stephen, start there. Good luck. Like, do like a whip up a couple. Stephen Diane Pereira with Bailey Properties, my dear friends, and the best real estate team in town who have supported us from the very first show. Wow. Lifesabeach.com. Wow. Santa Cruz Mountain Brewery, the best beer in town. My favorite amber. Thank you, Emily. Thank you, Emily. Sean Rovai, Farmers Insurance. Yes, he is still stealing my waves. 4623222. That's 4623 and 32. You just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tr- let me see if I can cuz okay. I just got off air. Let me see if I can do one. You go see if you can do it like that. 
Let's go uh, uh, light, uh, Lighthouse Bank. Okay, so I would say uh, it would be uh, Lighthouse Bank, John Sisk, local bank, local people who know our town. And yes, great service. Keep going. The next one is uh, Surf City Sandwich. Fig's Place has the best sandwiches in town located at the top of 41st Avenue. See, that's much more authentic sounding, don't you? That sounds like a real guy who really believes this. Have you eaten there this. yet? Have you had the th- I have you ha- love Have you had the meatball sandwich? sandwich? I have. <laughs> I know I actually seriously did, love did the you, me- Did you not And I know a, Fig, he's a friend of mine yeah, too. He's do you a have a bed guy. in your office in your uh, in, Do you have a bed, a cot in your office? I do not. Okay, cuz you, if you're going to have this the, going, Jack. With the meatball, you have the meatball certain sandwiches you have there, you cannot do anything. <laughs> right, that's true. Take a nap that's a diabetic coba uh, after that. Pono Hawaiian Taproom, Brother Timmy's new location opening Capitola. It's already open. It's good, huh? That's Pono Hawaiian. It's very good. I've eaten there now three times. Really? Oh, I have really not good. eaten there yet. Pono Hawaiian. It's very, very where good. Where is it? It's oh, oh, right oh. That's down there on forty off of 41st, right? Yeah, right there across the street from where um, Takara used somebody, to be. Somebody, I just talked to somebody who ate really there on good. Sunday, raved about it. Chill Out Cafe. Were they? Where they roll the fatties right there on the fatties. Or you've got to have a liner right there where you where you hit a button and yeah. it's a group of people who say, roll we, the fatties, yeah. and then we Can all Can you cheer. just say we where they roll the fatties? Ben Stone rolling the fatties for you. <laughs> <laughs> Beach Nest Vacation Rounds, if you wanted the perfect vacation pad in Santa Cruz, no better, folks, to call at beachnest.com. Uh-oh. And TC, just this is TC where TC goes, Neil, more food. Harbor Cafe on 17th Avenue. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that all the your Belgian waffles are and Bloody Marys. What else can you say? <laughs> it's a Santa Cruz table for the past 50 years. Harbor Cafe, SantaCruz.com. Uh, Lumi Yoga and Surf Retreat on Oahu's North Shore is a sponsor. Also, wow, where I went no to kidding. today, uh, Hot Elevation Studios. I went there today for an hour and 50 minute yoga class. You got to do like a, it's got to be brutal. like a little bit more sing song, you know. You got to say something like Hot Elevation Studios. Hot Elevation. Okay. Like you got to almost, almost like you're performing the language. You know what I mean? Almost okay, like you got to do see Jeff Winterholder. <laughs> see Jeff Winterholder one. Can you do that one? Jeff Winterholder for your new Ford. Stop by and see Jeff at North Bay Ford. See that's a trained <laughs> professional. People's Coffee. Wow. Okay, I've only got a few to go. People's Coffee. Curtis, simply the best coffee in town, along with delicious, healthy choices to satisfy everyone. Okay, you're done. Uh, Aloha Island Grill. Thanks, Numa, for the great Hawaiian food and for your longtime sponsor- sponsorship of the show. Listening staff for your custom-made earplugs. Uh, also, the Wave Clock, surface fishermen boaters. The Wave Clock needs to be in Pastor Benet's office. He needs to check out when the best time the best time to baptize people. <laughs> it's your nautical <laughs> station for waves the shark and clock tides. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, by the way, uh, to anybody listening from Twin Lakes Church, the, 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 the um, baptize, baptisms now are going to be occurring at... Um, What's the name of the swimming pool right there on 17th <laughs> Avenue? Simpkins <laughs> Swim, Simkin Swim, Simkin Swim Center. Center. Yeah. It's safe. <laughs> you can bring sandwiches, and you can also bring your dog. Uh, the Kayak Connection, I want to thank Dave Grigsby from the Kayak Connection. Uh, there's a location at Santa Cruz Harbor, Must Landing. Only 25 bucks right now to rent a kayak. I've been there many times. Pizza One Love and Aptos. Have you been to Pizza One and Aptos? Next to Manuel's? No. Go get the Carlita Sausage Pizza. Really? That sounds good. Take it good. home to your family and the kids. You will be loved even more than you are loved right now. Wow. Uh, I want to thank Jamie Jansen awesome. from Santa Cruz Corn Rehab. You need to go there after you've had been to Pizza One and Aptos because you're going to p- put the pounds on from Pizza One and Aptos. So much to offer. Achieve optimal health. Please visit SantaCruzCorn.com. And last but not least, I want to say a big thank you to Star Benny 
Did you come in as a stop anyone? A couple of times. Yeah, we had a They're good time. They're so good. So good. So amazing. So good. And yeah. I want to thank Pastor Benet Schlepper for coming on the end of the show again. Jack Stein. Uh, my next show is with the one and only Mr. Richard Schmidt. And then Jimmy Panetta. Jimmy Panetta's next week, too. Awesome. He's Jimmy's great. coming on the show. Coming back. Thanks, everyone. Good night to you all. We're Thank you, Neil. Up. Wrap it up. It's all a right. wrap. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Neil. Thanks, Jack.